0: And if you're really a student of the Bible and if you really study the Word of God, I don't believe there's any possible way that anyone can deceive you when you know Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and Savior and you know the Scriptures. Especially when you study the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, as you go through the whole Bible and you get the full counsel of God.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us today. Continuing our series in Mark's Gospel, Raul will explore Christ's eye-opening insights into the world's final days. As you stay with us, he'll take a sobering look at what's ahead for those who reject Jesus and endure the Antichrist's reign in seven years of global tribulation. Here's Raul with today's teaching.
0: One of the things about the Gospel of Mark in chapter 13 is that here we have now what we call the Olivet Discourse. That is, this is a time now where Jesus is uh, moving toward Jerusalem, and at the same time as He's moving toward Jerusalem, He is uh, defining and speaking to the actual disciples and sharing with them because they're very concerned as they're standing over the Mount of Olives. Now, I don't know how many of you have been to the Mount of Olives or been to Jerusalem. It's a pretty incredible sight when you stand on top of the Mount of Olives and you're looking over the city of Jerusalem, which at the time of Jesus... Between the Mount of Olives and the city where the temple was, there was a great bridge that would bridge the city of Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives. It's not there today. It was actually ripped down. But as Jesus is on top of the Mount of Olives, and they're looking at this beautiful temple, Herod was actually building this place now for about 50 years. And uh, what was going on is that he was building this temple that uh, the Jews not only were worshiping in, But at the same time, the Shekinah glory of God no longer was there abiding in the temple. And so you could actually say they were going through the motions. But the Spirit of God, especially among the Pharisees and scribes and the Sadducees, was no longer there. Because as we read the Gospel of Mark, we can see from the lessons when Jesus would try to share with the Pharisees and the scribes that they would always reject him they were always argumentative and yet these people knew the scriptures they knew the word of god but yet the disciples understood because as they were standing there with jesus and jesus begins to describe the things that are coming now one of the things that mark does here he's going to break up the chapter into three parts he's going to talk about the beginning of the tribulation period the middle of the tribulation period, and the end of the tribulation period, which we call the 70 week of Daniel. But at the same time, when Jesus describes the Mount Olivet discourse, it is actually a message that brings not only hope to the Jew, but it shows us and it demonstrates to us that there is not going to be another revival among the Gentiles. There is going to be a revival among the Jews. You know, in the near future. But according to Jesus, everything is going to become worse and worse and worse as we get the approaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, His second coming. And that's pretty scary when you think about that for the world. But let's begin by looking at chapter 13, beginning with verse 1 through 4. As Jesus begins to foretell the future, He says, Then, as He went out of the temple... One of His disciples said unto Him, Teacher, Rabbi, see what manner of stones and what building are here. So as they were looking over the Mount of Olives, they were actually looking over. And as they were looking, there was a magnificent building that stood just an incredible sight. It was about 128 feet in height. Beautiful, beautiful marble temple. And the smoke was actually descending from the temple, from all the sacrifices. And as they're looking at it, they're thinking in their mind, Hey, who could ever destroy this magnificent temple? A place of worship. And yet Jesus begins to share with them that uh, the temple, they started building the temple in 19 B.C. Herod the Great started building this temple, remodeling it. And it took about 50 years to build a temple. Josephus tells us that the actual temple, when you look at the stones in the temple, they were, and I've seen the, the, the actual stones. Uh, we're not talking about little stones. Some of those stones are 47 feet in length, 8 feet high, and 12 feet thick. And you actually wonder, man, how in the world did they ever move these stones Into the temple. And when they placed them on top of the other stone. You can't even get a knife between the stones. That was done so perfectly. They didn't have cranes in those days. To to lift up the stone. And now Jesus is in verse 2. Look what he says. And then Jesus answered and said unto them. Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another stone. That shall not be thrown down. That must have blown their balloon. You know. Because what do you mean? They're looking out and look at this beautiful, magnificent building. And Jesus says, it's not going to be standing for very long. They didn't understand. They didn't understand that 40 years from that time, that Jesus would allow, as they would reject the Messiah, and they would crucify Him and kill Him, that later on, that Rome would come against the Jews, and that God would literally allow one of the Roman generals, By the name of Titus. That he would come. And that he would be the one to literally destroy the temple that was standing there in front of them. And what's amazing, it happened in 70 AD. Everything God says, he completes. 100%. And it's so cool because you can see that he is God. And when he speaks the word of God, we have to believe it and we have to understand it. Just as he said it would happen, it came to pass. Then verse 3, look what he says to them. He says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite to the temple, I always like to go to Jerusalem, and I like to sit in the Mount of Olives about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You know why? It is the most beautiful sight as the sun is going down in the west. It's incredible. And as you're sitting on top of the Mount of Olives, as you're looking down, you're watching people walk on top of the Mount of Olives. And you watch people on top of the temple mount. And what you see today is not Solomon's temple or Herod's temple. What you see is on my left hand side, like this section here, you actually have the Muslim temple. The actual place where there are three places that the Muslims worship. And this is one of the third places that is most holy to the Muslims. This is called the Dome of the Rock. And you can see it, that there here is this temple where the Muslims are worshiping. But then in the middle of the temple here, over to this side, there is nothing but two little domes that are there. One is called the Dome of the Spirits. If you can look at it, it's kind of tall, maybe about six feet on height. Very skinny, uh, maybe by two feet wide. And from the Mount of Olives, when you're looking at this little Dome of the Spirits, it is believed by many of the archaeologists, and many of the historians and theologians... That this is literally the place where Solomon had built his temple. That beautiful temple of Solomon. Notice verse 3 again. And now as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite to the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately. Okay Lord, we want to ask you a question privately. Tell us. When will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? When is it going to happen? In their minds, they thought that the coming of the Lord would be in their own time. They thought, this is the Jewish mentality. They thought that Jesus was coming from the Galilee, coming into Jerusalem on Passover. And that He was coming not to die, but He was coming in to overrun the Romans. And as He would fight against Rome and defeat Rome, that He would go in and He would sit in the temple and make proclamation, I am the Messiah. And then they, 12, would sit with Jesus on thrones. They were thinking ahead of themselves. Because Jesus was going to die. So in their mentality, they're kind of off. So Jesus wants to explain to them what's going to happen. Because they're asking two legitimate questions. When will these things be? And what will be the sign of that coming? And when will it be fulfilled? Verse 5, he begins with the first part of the tribulation. Verses 5 to 13. And then Jesus answering them began to say, Look, take heed that you know one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Now, what I found interesting in the gospel of Matthew, in the gospel of Mark, and then again in the gospel of Luke, that the first sign of the coming of the Lord will be what? Deception. False messiahs. False doctrines. One of the great warnings to us, not only by Jesus but by Paul, is that in the last days we're going to have to be very careful to take everything with a grain of salt. Why? Because we're going to have to check the scriptures to make sure that people are telling the truth about Jesus Christ. Many are going to come. And their mission... Is to deceive the heart of the simple. Even the very elect. To be deceived. By false teachings. And so Jesus is warning us to be careful of deception. Then in verse 7 he said. And then when you hear of wars and rumors of wars. Do not be troubled. For such things must happen. But the end is not yet. The world Is yet to see the worst time to come. Sodom and Gomorrah, the days of Noah, are nothing compared to what's gonna happen in the last seven years of world history. Nothing to be compared like that. And it's gonna happen. But then he talks about in verse 8 another, now he talks about world wars. He says, For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. Notice, these are the beginnings of sorrows. Notice, these are not the end. This is the beginning. All of the earthquakes that we have seen, famines, pestilence, all these things, and world wars, is nothing to be compared to what's coming. It's pretty incredible, he says.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. As you consider the challenges that lie ahead for our world, you'll want to get a copy of Rawl's book, Guiding You to Victory in Christ. We'll tell you how to order that in just a few moments. But first, let's return to more from Mark's Gospel.
0: Look what else he says. Verse 9. But watch out. For yourselves, And now He turns and He speaks to His disciples for a little bit. For they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, and for a testimony to them. And did that happen? Yes, it did. Read the book of Acts, chapter 4, chapter 5. As you go through the book of Acts, great persecution came upon the church of Jesus Christ. And then verse 10 he says, And the gospel must be first preached to all the nations. Now, many take this uh, as their mission statement. But this is not to be taken as a mission statement. Literally what he's saying here is that he's talking about their time. And what is he saying? This gospel must first be preached to all the nations. Did it happen? Yes, it happened at the time of Paul the Apostle. In the book of Colossians, Paul the Apostle said that he preached to the whole world the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is his world that God called him to preach in. But then again in Revelation chapter 14, verse six. The Bible talks in the last days, when the church has been taken out of the way, and we're in heaven, that God is going to use an angel that will fly around the earth preaching the everlasting gospel. He's going to preach the gospel. Now many have said, well maybe it's a satellite. I don't know. It talks about a literal angel flying through the sky and proclaiming the gospel to people that are in this world that are living during the great tribulation. Proclaiming the truth of God. Now you say, well, are there going to be people in the tribulation period that will be saved? Yes, hundreds, thousands, millions of them. They're going to be persecuted. But the problem that we see in Scripture is that when the church of Jesus Christ is taken out of here at the rapture of the church, when the Antichrist comes, what's the first thing he's going to do? In Revelation chapter 13, he is going to set up A world of economics. And there's no possible way that anybody will be able to go to school. Or to work. Or to shop. Or to go to church. Or to do anything. Unless you take the mark of the beast. On your hand or your forehead. Something of a a little microchip. Whatever it may be. And the number it says is going to be 666. And you see that you know they're saying okay. There's no possible way that anybody can buy anymore. Or sell or work. Unless you take the mark. Then know this, that if you take the mark in your right hand or in your forehead, you will be damned forever. I don't care what you do. Once you take the mark, you're dead. You might as well enjoy the last seven years of tribulation. Do whatever you want, because you're dead. You won't be able to repent. That's why it's going to be hard for people. There are going to be people that will be living here And the scripture tells us that those people that are living upon the earth that are Christians, if they don't want to take the mark of the beast, then the Bible says they're going to be beheaded. They're going to be killed by being beheaded. And then as soon as they're dead, their bodies will stay here, but their spirits will be with Jesus Christ. They'll go to heaven immediately. So there's going to be, John tells us in the book of Revelation, that there are going to be hundreds and thousands of millions that were martyred for Jesus Christ in the tribulation. And probably this will be sons and daughters and friends of Christians that preached to them, but they didn't believe until the church was taken. And then they saw the reality of the truth. And then they received Christ. And then they preached Christ and they were killed. So there's a lot I had coming in the future concerning the church. Then in verse 10, he says, The gospel must first be preached to all nations, but when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak, but whatever is given to you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speaks, but who? But the Holy Spirit. I like that. That if we were ever to be persecuted or prosecuted or Be in a great persecution as the church of Jesus Christ. We don't know if that's going to happen. But if it does happen, that we don't have to really worry about giving an answer. The Holy Spirit is going to be there to assist us when we need it. The next verse. And now brother will betray brother to death. And father his child. And children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. There is going to be the biggest betrayal among families that you have ever seen in the, in the history of the world during the tribulation period. Probably people will betray their mother and father, son or daughter to get food. He said, well, how can a person get to such a place when he turns over his mother and his father or his son or his daughter? It happens. It happens when people are hungry. It happens when people are under pressure. And yet here Jesus is warning of what's going to happen and what's coming. The betrayal of each other. Verse 13. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And there are going to be people that will endure to the end. God will divinely protect them. They'll be saved. This is now the middle of the tribulation period. And so when you see the abomination of desolation. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Standing where he ought not. Let the reader understand. And then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. This is now the seventy week of Daniel. Where now the Antichrist has made peace with the Jews for three and a half years. And now in the middle of the tribulation period. What does he do? He goes into the temple. And he sits in the temple. And he says, I am God, worship me. And the Jews turn against him. And the Antichrist kills two-thirds of the Jews. And one-third now begin to flee to the city of Petra. Look at verse 15, what he says. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house, nor enter to take anything out of his house. And let him... Who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who have nursing children or babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter. Speaking of all these things that are going to happen. Look at verse 17 again. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who, are, who have nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter. Notice that. And again, you can read Isaiah chapter 16. Speaks also of this great tribulation that is coming upon the Jews and the world. And then in verse 19. For in those days there will be tribulations such as has not been since the beginning of the creation. Which God created until this time nor ever shall be again. So it's going to be worse. Than Noah's flood, worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, worse than any war that we have ever experienced. It's going to be a time of darkness. A time where nuclear weapons will be used. A time where there will be no peace. A time of the wrath of God upon a people that do not believe in Jesus Christ. You know what's so sad as you continue to read the book of Revelation? It says that during the great tribulation, As God begins to really pour out His wrath upon them. That there will be people that will run up to the mountains. And try to hide from the presence of the Lamb. Instead of repenting. They begin to curse Jesus Christ. Imagine that. The hardness of the heart of men and women. During this period of time. Look what else he says in verse 20. He says. And unless the Lord had shortened those days. No flesh would be able to be saved. But because of the Jews, the elect's sake, whom he chose, he will shorten those days. Now we don't know if he's talking about 24-hour days becoming 12-hour days. Or 6-hour days. We don't know. He said it's going to be so bad, so horrible, that no one on the earth would be able to survive it, especially the Jews. And so God is going to help the Jews. By shortening those days. Because it's going to be so terrible. And look what else he says. Verse 21. Then. If anyone says to you. Look. Here is the Messiah. Or look. He's there. Do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise. And show many signs and wonders to deceive. If possible the very elect. Notice that. How strong they are. Even the very elect. The Jews almost almost got deceived. Because of the false doctrines. But take heed. See I have told you all these things beforehand. So here he's warning. Before they happen. He's telling us. And he's telling them. Verse 24. Look. But in those days. After the tribulation. The sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light. Read Revelation 6-18. through Isaiah 16. Joel chapter 3. They talk about this great tribulation. How it's going to be. The stars of heaven will fall. And the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Imagine that. Verse 26. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Notice that. And then He will send His angels and gather together His elect. Who's that? The Jews. From the four winds. North, south, east, west from the farthest part of the earth and the farthest part of heaven.
1: Well, there's no question that our world is in for tough times in the days ahead. We encourage you to consider how God can use you to share His hope and truth in the gospel. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with roll Reese. If you'd like to hear today's lesson again, we'll be happy to send you a complete copy for a gift of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' teaching from Mark chapter 13. We'd also like to tell you about Rawl's empowering book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. Drawing from Rawls' personal experience in Vietnam to explore war on the spiritual battlefield, this strategic resource shows you how you can combat Satan's attacks through the Holy Spirit's power and the authority of Jesus' name. Get in touch with us today for Raul's book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. To make your purchase, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. And we'll send your copy for a gift of $14 plus shipping and handling. Our phone number once again is 800-634-9165. If you'd like to order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. The mission of this broadcast ministry is to be a source of discipleship, even when the program isn't on the air. One way we do that is by providing devotional emails delivered to your inbox every day. You can get the benefit of having Rawls insights into particular verses of Scripture in a way that will stay with you as you go about your daily routine. It would also make a great resource to share with your family as you gather around God's Word. Signing up is easy. Just go to somebodylovesyou.com. Well, it's a real pleasure to hear from so many of you who've been blessed by this ministry. Here at Somebody Loves Your Radio, our funding comes from the regular financial support of our listeners. Your donations help defer the many costs that are associated with a radio outreach and enable a continued broadcast on this station, and every gift is tax-deductible. Next time, as we continue our journey through Mark's gospel, we'll meditate on Christ's selfless, sacrificial love and the contrasting attitudes of His disciples. Be sure to join with us for this challenge to honor Jesus with more wholehearted devotion. I am in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.